the legal cannabis industry has unlocked generational wealth opportunities across the country. But the industry's regulatory complexities, constant state of change, and speed of evolution drive confusion for entrepreneurs and investors alike. On this podcast, we'll interview the industry leaders who are shaping the future of the legal cannabis industry to help our listeners understand these idiosyncrasies. This is Cannabis Unlocked, hosted by Key Investment Partners. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to another episode of Cannabis Unlocked with Key Investment Partners. I'm joined here today with by uh, Zach Ein, the CEO and founder of Grassdoor, a direct-to-consumer um, delivery platform based out of California. Um, for anybody who does not know them, these guys are absolutely killing it in California. We, we made an investment in the company um, earlier this year. Um, I can definitely say that after evaluating many different companies and options out there, tech stacks, et cetera, um, tenacity of the founders, these guys really, really have it going. So I'm certainly excited to be here with what I would say is definitely going to be, um, already is, and will be one of the premier cannabis tech names out there. So um, Zach, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the audience here today? Well, thanks for introducing me, Tibby. Pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm Zach, founder of Grassdoor. Um, maybe wait for some questions to come my way, but yeah, Grassdoor was a essentially came out of a software development agency that we had prior to Grassdoor, where we were, we were building you know complicated mobile apps for clients, and decided to uh, to take an in-house swing, and uh, you know try to launch the most reliable cannabis delivery platform. And how how has that gone so far, Zach? Uh, it's it's been interesting. So I think we're in this now for four years. I believe we had the idea in uh, late seventeen. Uh, started working with the dispensary to fulfill their orders uh, around August of 18 and became a licensed retailer in August of 19. So I guess this is three years as a licensed retailer and uh, you know kind of saw it from right before legalization took place in California. I think that was January 118 uh, through some you know revisions to the regs uh, you know from a small hub into a, a couple of very large hubs now and yeah, it's been interesting for sure. Definitely. And so you mentioned coming from like a software engineering background. How, how did you get involved in the cannabis industry in the first place? Uh, we did some software development for a few cannabis clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that definitely got us thinking about uh, some of the, the features and some of the opportunity uh, in cannabis delivery. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was actually uh, my original uh, co-founder who ended up you know, leaving the business before, before we launched uh, that had the idea, to be honest, and said, let's, let's build the most reliable cannabis delivery platform. And then I ended up uh, in the role of, of actually running it and, and, and turning it into what it is today. Sure. And, and, and the rest is history. You know, I mentioned at the beginning of, uh, you know, the introduction here that, that we looked at several other delivery platforms and that we felt that your tech stack was certainly differentiated. Um, tell me about you know, the problem that you're solving and, and how you guys have gone about solving that problem, maybe what makes Grassdoor different than the other, um, you know, supposed DTC platforms that exist out there today? Yeah, the original problem that we solved, and I think solved better than, than anyone else, is last mile in cannabis, uh, really specifically California for now. Uh, we will be entering other states, but the California uh, situation, the California regs was its own animal. And uh, you know, the quick 
story is that in July of 18, uh, they made it very clear that you couldn't be a courier or a tech company that would then do profit sharing with a license holder. You had to actually be a retailer. So we went from trying to do just a tech solution to actually having to become a, a retailer with warehouses, inventory, our own drivers, et cetera. And so by actually being the, the last mile operator, running the, the e-commerce front end, managing the drivers, uh, we quickly learned what, what was required and, and what the problem was and realized that without software, there was no hope. And there, there were POS softwares on the market. Uh, there were a few POSs that had some delivery functionality. Uh, there may have been one or two that were specifically focused on, on delivery, uh, but they all were severely inadequate for the actual challenge. Um, you know, beyond the cannabis regs, which have all sorts of crazy rules, such as you have to leave, the driver has to leave the hub uh, with an order in hand. He can't be idle in the field without an active order for more than a certain number of minutes. They can only have a certain amount of inventory in the car, certain payment solutions, right? So there's all these cannabis related uh, challenges, but what actually is harder than all of that is wage an hour and managing hundreds of, of drivers that are you know, full-time drivers with benefits, uh, with vehicle reimbursements, with clock-ins, clock-outs, brake management, while trying to be transparent with the customer you know, when they were actually gonna get their order. While we're on the back end, we're, we're managing these breaks and, and trying to keep it seamless uh, and super predictable. So yeah, the combination of cannabis plus California wage an hour uh, and all of the attorneys that would love for us to make a mistake uh, requires a very, very, very robust purpose-built software platform that no one has besides Grassdoor. Yep, yep, that's great. And when, when we think about some of your largest competitors out there and compare your offering to theirs, you know, there's, there's, you actually have, you know, several offerings, right? You've got kind of your own grass store marketplace where consumers can come in and, you know, pick their products, set, schedule a delivery, et cetera. Um, but you also offer kind of, I guess, what I call it, maybe a white labeled solution that you can also offer to brands specifically. Can you talk a little bit about the different offerings that grass store has? It certainly started as, um, you know, first this, you know, hopefully SaaS platform that ended up having to be a retailer because of the regs. Mm -hmm. And that was it for the first couple of years. We were focused on building the best tool so we could run the business efficiently. Uh, our platform got so robust and we realized it was so much better than everything else in the market that we knew we had to make more use out of it than just our California delivery business. Mm -hmm. And we thought about all the different opportunities there, there, there were to monetize it, and to get it out there. And the first one we jumped on was what you're describing. We call it our D2C solution. So we went to all of the brands or they came to us in, in many cases and said, we can give you a website or plug into your existing website where customers can transact directly with you. Grassdoor is invisible, but we will not only supply the inventory that's required to fill that order, you know, we'll, we'll dispatch it to a driver and get that order filled almost anywhere in the state. And so it's, it's the D2C choice of uh, most of the brands in California. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the product you're speaking of. So we look at it as a couple businesses. We have the retail business, which is predominantly Grassdoor, but we actually do have a few other uh, in-house retail brands that we run, as well as uh, one that we acquired. Uh, we have the second business, which is the D2C solution that we, you know, we currently just offer to brands, but we'll be soon offering to other retailers. Uh, in California and outside of California. And the third business, which is just getting off the ground is really a data business. 
you know, we are capturing more data uh, about these customers than, than just about anyone. Um, and we think we can combine our internal data with some third-party data and give essentially the ultimate dashboard uh, to our brand partners. And so that's kind of the third business opportunity we have. Yeah, and that's uh, it's kind of the holy grail. We you know we talk to a lot of the different cannabis tech companies out there, and everybody talks about all the data they're collecting and, and whatnot, and looking for ways to monetize it and and you know improve the industry along the way. And uh, certainly with the purchasing power that you've got on the platform, uh, I, I can really see a lot of synergies even across the portfolio that we've built to today. Um, you know, when we were researching your company. And you know, interviewing some of your brand partners and clients, um, I specifically remember remember one of the brands, and and I'll leave them a name for now, saying that you guys are actually their number one um, revenue driver, um, and for for their growth of their company, and and I think that that story really kind of resonated with us, and across the board of many of the brands you're working with. Are you able to kind of share some of the top brands and, and partners that you guys are working with today, just to give the folks an idea out there? Uh, I mean, some of the top brands in California would be Kiva, um, certainly uh, one of our favorites and, and most successful. And hopefully that turns into a bigger relationship with Kiva than just Kiva. You know, Kiva also is uh, Kiva uh, Sales and Service, or KSS, and they they are trying to help you know many brands not only get to dispensaries but also get to the end consumer. So the KSS relationship is. Uh, definitely a strong one. Uh, we're Can's exclusive D2C partner in California. Can's significantly bigger than you know the next biggest drinks company. We actually had to change our operations to accommodate drinks. They're much bigger <laughs> than than a, a typical you know cannabis flower product or vape product. Uh, we do D2C for other drinks companies as well, such as Wonder, Pabst, uh, and others. So definitely a, a focus on drinks and trying to solve those problems. Uh, we do Cannabiotics, which is called the CBX Club. Uh, I think they're one of the top couple premium flower companies in Southern California. We do Pop and Barkley, Dosist, Lowell Farms, uh, qu quite a few. Most of the brands in California have ultimately come to Grassdoor for this solution. We make it almost as seamless of a D2C solution as other industries. In other industries, it's quite easy for a brand to go D2C, uh, partnering with a 3PL. In our case, uh, is it you know a Shopify-esque solution where we can spin up these front-end uh, websites or allow brands to kind of plug into our back-end through APIs, um, which is like the Shopify kind of part of the business. The other part is last mile. So to kind of think about the fact that in cannabis, we're trying to offer a Shopify solution combined with actually making the last mile delivery. Um, it's it's a lot. And then you add cannabis compliance and, and all the California stuff. So it's extremely challenging to the point that it doesn't seem like anyone else wants to do it. And yeah. it's an opportunity for Grassdoor to be the last mile uh, for cannabis in California. Yep. Yep. You know, you, you brought up something interesting there. Um, you mentioned that you had to kind of change the business model a little bit to accommodate for beverages. Um, I think something that was interesting to us about you guys versus more traditional delivery, say, you know, food delivery um, or groceries, et cetera, is really the unit economics and how they can actually be more favorable in the cannabis industry. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and, and why cannabis actually might be in, in an even better position to, uh, you know, be profitable in, in the DTC space and, and last mile? Yeah, no, I don't think there's a better category for last mile. Um, Clearly a lot of last mile delivery services are, are out of favor at the moment. They don't have 
business models that seem to work. Uh, I think there's two kind of big factors there, maybe more than two, but the first two I can think of are, um, you need to be selling your own stuff. I mean, that's the, you know, you need to have a core business that is living off of the full gross margin, you know, the retail gross margin, not living off delivery fees. And so if the business can be supported by, by that, the incremental uh, business we get by supporting brands works. And so it's not as profitable, but it's giving us scale. It's essentially, you know, reducing the cost of deliveries across the entire business. The more deliveries we do, the better scale we have, the better unit economics. Uh, so number one is um, the fact that we're selling our own inventory. Uh, and number two is there's not many products out there that, that need just-in-time delivery that are as small and as, as valuable. You know, mm -hmm. in an exit bag like the one right there, you know, you might have $200 or $300 of product in something, you know, that's very, very compact and small. And so it, it, has, it has the ingredients for a very profitable business, uh, you know, if the scale comes. Right. And, and, you know, I guess compared to food delivery, you're not worried about it getting there cold or like produce. You're not worried about it. You know. Three, four, five, six other reasons why it's just different. Um, you know, another big one for us is we never get out of the car. So our drivers have a, an inventory uh, or trunk full of, you know, the menu, essentially a trunk full of inventory, uh, as well as prepacked scheduled orders. And so when our drivers leave our hub, they, they never come back right until the end of the shift. And then an even cooler thing we do is we don't get out of the car. And so our customers are coming to the passenger window uh, of the vehicle that's making the delivery. And so we're not parking, we're not running into Zanku chicken to get, to get food. We're not going up to a Hollywood apartment building. We're not looking for parking. Uh, it is as efficient as it possibly gets. And so I think our perspective about how, how expensive is a delivery um, is probably as, a, as uh, inexpensive as it could possibly be for all those reasons. Like we're not wasting any time, you know, theoretically a driver could, you know, just like an Amazon, you know, warehouse truck, Amazon delivery truck, just going down the street, making quick deliveries. The customers are being notified that the driver's arriving. Hopefully they're outside by the time the driver arrives. Uh, so I think we have a pretty good idea of how cheap deliveries can be. Uh, and they're not that cheap. I mean, even when you, when you do it the way we're doing it, and you factor in, you know, all of the expenses, uh, you know, from hourly to vehicle reimbursements to benefits to just the cost of doing business in California, it's very expensive. And so I, I have a feeling that companies that are trying to live off delivery fees, as opposed to the actual margin of the product itself, uh, won't work. Yep. No, I, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, so kind of switching gears right now, um, you know, I, I feel like you guys are really setting yourselves up um, to really be kind of the cannabis company of the future, at least the delivery platform. Talk to me a little bit about kind of how you plan to serve the market one, two, three, four, five years from now. Um, you know, you're currently in California today. Do you have ambitions to go state by state? What, what are the ultimate kind of, you know, what's on your three and five year goal here? I, I'm, I'm new to uh, putting my thoughts uh, on a public record. And so I'm sure that as I do interviews and podcasts, I'm going to look back and say, you know, I was wrong. You know, <laughs> that's okay. We, none of us have a crystal ball and things change. Yeah, so. So I feel like my answer to that question is already different today than it was on my last uh, podcast. But uh, today, you know, the capital, the capital markets have entirely changed. Uh, cannabis has had nothing but headwinds for, I'd say for us since COVID, right? So it's yep. been a year and a half of just 
headwinds after a year before that of all tailwinds. Um, so yeah, my, my answer changes uh, a little more often than it should. Our feeling right now about entering other markets, uh, there's a couple thoughts that come to mind quickly. One is most states don't have the right delivery legislation yet. There are very few states that have the same types of rules as California. There are states that it's doable, but the economics wouldn't be as good and you ultimately have to charge more for the delivery. And it makes going into a brick and mortar store a little more compelling because the delivery fees are just undeniable. And so they're, they're, we're waiting for states to, to, you know, to have better rules. Uh, and there's just kind of a hierarchy of states that, that makes sense. Uh, but I'd say because of the capital markets environment and the capital we have uh, at our disposal, that it's, it's making us prioritize uh, the tech side of the business a bit more and entering some of these, these other markets and other states through our, through our tech. And so those would be SaaS relationships potentially delivery as a service in, in some in some states. Uh, but I think that we can partner now with some of the stronger operators in, in particular states. Uh, once they're up and running, it's very easy for grassdoor.com to plug into that operator. Uh, we would know that they're fairly reliable or how reliable they are because they're using our software. We're, we're able to measure them. It'll also allow us to bring some of our D2C partners into those states with the same kind of solution that we have in California. So certain states, SaaS, certain states, we, we, we immediately start with our own drivers and warehouses. So it's a mix of both. Uh, but I think we're more open to partnerships than, than we were six months ago, uh, given you know, the condition of the industry. No, that, that all makes a ton of sense. Um, well, I think that this has been you know, a really solid overview of what you guys are doing, Zach. So I, I appreciate you walking me and, and everybody else through uh, you know, the evolution of Grassdoor and you know, where you are today and where you see the company going. Um, Curious, any lessons learned or advice that you would give to a young entrepreneur looking to enter the cannabis industry or, or even just more broadly? I, I thought that question was going to be uh, outside of cannabis. Entering cannabis, um, you know, my feeling is that it is not a, uh, a cash flow opportunity or a lifestyle opportunity at this point. You need venture backing. We're all waiting for regs to change in the meantime you know, federal taxes uh, aren't really uh, uh, sustainable, right? With that, without without serious backing, and so I don't think there's any casual opportunities left in cannabis. I think uh, until until it's legal and it's more clear where this is headed and and, yep. and tax structure looks like, it's it's not for anybody to enter casually. Uh, in general, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, I think that. You know, one thing we did right was we started off by just focusing on the consumer, making sure we make those deliveries. You know, all of the automation, streamlining, cost savings things on the back end came later for us. Uh, it was just about making the deliveries. Uh, yeah. The other lesson I, I have, which I didn't follow, but I think you can almost um, uh, think about starting or, or explore any type of business these days without actually starting the business. You can just make it look like you're ready and then run you know, social ads or, or digital programmatic ads, see what the cost per click is, the cost per, you know, acquisition. And if it looks good, then you start the business. So that's certainly what I tell my friends. There's no reason to actually start a business these days without having pretended like you started first. Yep. Yep. Nope. I totally get that. I can certainly say that at key, we uh, definitely played the fake it till you make it game quite a bit. So to all our investors out there, thanks for, uh, Thanks for backing us as well. But Zach, this, this has been awesome. Really appreciate your time. 
we did a good job keeping it to, you know, my 20 minute time limit here. So I appreciate that. And um, if anybody has any questions for myself or for Zach, um, most folks on this know how to get in touch with me, go to our website, keyinvestmentpartners.com. Zach, I assume going to grassdoor.com and, and the contact is, is probably the easiest way to get in touch with you guys as well. Uh, I'm Zach at grassdoor.com, Z-A-C-K, but yeah, we're here. Love uh, the opportunity to collaborate with anyone that's doing interesting things and appreciate your time, Tibby. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much. All righty, folks. Take care.